1: Welcome to Wrong Side of 30. My name is Brandon, and I'm joined by Keisha and Billy. This is part two of our death episode. If you haven't, please check out our newly launched Patreon. Uh, Just search Wrong Side of 30 on Patreon or Google Wrong Side of 30 Patreon. I'm sure it'll come up. So this comes from uh, uh, Alchemist Maddie, who's a favorite of the show.
2: She may be our biggest fan. She's our favorite, I
1: mean. Yeah. our show is not a favorite of hers. I'm no, sure it she is. Remember she posted, favorites. she
0: said that she like binged it. It's like her number, he binged it in like two hours or something like that. Or three hours, I don't know. Eight
2: hours.
1: So uh, she asks, do you believe in reincarnation or in heaven? I obviously believe in... You
2: obviously believe in <laughs> zombification. You're so fucking worried no, I own- No, I'm just Unless- saying it's, <laughs> it's possible.
1: It, it, it's possible. That's all I'm saying.
0: I believe in heaven or something. And I believe in reincarnation. I believe in both of those things.
2: I don't believe in reincarnation. Really? You
1: believe in heaven? I,
2: I, I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. That, I, I guess anything's possible. I mean, if you believe in one magic man in the sky, it's weird to say you don't believe in reincarnation. I don't, but at mm-hmm. the same time, it's just so disassociative just to be like, yeah, my soul just <laughs> went into this.
1: Now I'm a bird. <laughs> it just is, <laughs> I just don't know. But like, how does that make sense if, if life, at least in the solar system, and we don't know about the rest of the universe, has existed for such an incredibly small amount of time, the development of our solar system and universe. Like, life is the minority. So what makes you think that the living life, as it's so existed for such a short amount of time is all interconnected and goes from one existence to another.
2: What if you're jumping through dimensions? Like, what if you die in one dimension yeah. and you just wake in a completely different dimension, like a popsicle dimension where everybody's popsicle?
1: <laughs> I don't know the science of dimensions.
2: I've been watching too much Rick and Morty. And also, I've, I'm going to go back <laughs> yeah. on my reincarnation. I, after watching Avatar, The Last Airbender, I absolutely believe in reincarnation. So I'm going to walk that one back. How? What? Like what? Hey, man, the How? Avatar's got to keep going somehow. How? Well, through reincarnation. That's not, that's just, it's science. <laughs> it's not. It's not, though. <laughs> Penny doesn't even like it. Is Penny, <laughs> I'm not going to have some mouth breather who loves Pacific Rim tell me about what happens when we die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pacific Rim is excellent. <laughs> you bite your tongue. It's a great movie. Bite your tongue. Okay, so are you seriously suggesting you believe in reincarnation?
2: <sighs> I don't, I, I mean, I don't believe in it. I don't think it's impossible. Uh, See, see, you want me to take a strong stance. I'm not taking a fucking strong stance on reincarnation. I'm not saying
1: anything. I just asked the question. You answered it. You answered (laughs) it. And I moved on.
2: Whatever, dad.
0: I want reincarnation to be real. I want it to be real. I believe in reincarnation. Again, it makes me feel like... But
1: how do you believe in reincarnation and in heaven? I, f- I, think because, I thought
0: those because are usually like Splits,
2: man, and one of it goes to heaven and the other just continues on. I think it's like,
0: uh, what's, what's something that like, you can
1: reuse? Does it, it make any sense no, religion? No, no,
0: no, because you can reuse a few things, but then that it still has a lifespan. Like You can only use it, reuse it so many times. You know what I mean? That's how I feel like. Like you can be reincarnated a few times, and then afterwards you're kind of like, eh, that's all we got. Like we can't... a
2: condom, you can reuse it a few times. Kind but... of
0: <laughs> like a char- like a like an like an iPhone charger, right? It works the first few times. It's really good the first few times, and then after a while it doesn't charge as fast. It kind of breaks, and then afterwards you're just like, eh, that's enough. And then you kind of get a new one. So I think that that's the same thing. You have a few lives where you've been reincarnated, and you like really like kill it, you know. And then afterwards it's like, eh, can't do much with this anymore. Your version
2: of the afterlife is like an all-you-can-eat buffet of (laughs) yeah
1: so what's what yeah what is your afterlife that you seriously believe
0: i've only thought about what the afterlife is getting there like it's like the entrance to disney world like i've only thought about that i don't know what happens once i'm there you know, like I thought about like when you die, and then you do you, not
1: know what happens at Disney World. but <laughs> you
0: like approach the gates, right? Like, you're was, like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy! Like I'm here, What's it and like? then it's like all of your favorite people, all of your favorite pets, they're all there. They're like, oh my gosh, you're here! We're so glad you had a great life. Thanks for doing that. It's amazing. So you're
1: doing the 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 Seth Rogan. This is the end version of heaven, where it's roller coasters it's, and yeah. space.
0: But but the thing is, after you say your hellos. You get all the welcomes. I don't know. Maybe you just get to do whatever it is that you want to do forever.
2: Where does it exist?
1: I don't...
0: It, it's not a, a physical place. I think it's like a... It's at a... It's, like it's at a Denny's
2: state. and Albuquerque.
0: <laughs> it doesn't have to exist in a place that exist? I have to understand or that you have to understand. Let me ask you this. It's just a mindset. It's a place that your brain or soul goes to. I don't know.
1: Keisha, let me ask you this. Yeah. What if heaven didn't exist? What if reincarnation didn't exist? Okay. Just... I know you don't believe... The, I know you believe those things and I know you... So you don't believe... And what I'm asking you to believe, but just for the purpose of an exercise, suppose those two things are true. Okay. What does that tell you about the nature of death? What does that tell you about the nature of life?
0: I think it just takes away, it simplifies it.
2: Really? I think it complicates it. Yeah.
0: No, I don't. I think it simplifies it, honestly, because then it's just a very, it's like a, it's like, I mean, I've been saying this the whole podcast, like start, middle, end, right? When there is no afterlife, when death is death. You, you you're alive you do what you need to do and then you die and then that's the end i think when you start thinking about the other stuff it helps i don't think it's complication but for you brandon i think it, it makes it simple to not have to think about any of
2: that stuff but he's saying he thinks about it he just thinks about it in a way that you don't because you believe in the afterlife
1: yeah so again like don't think of don't think of heaven don't think of anything just what does it tell you about life if you were to suppose that there was no reincarnation, there was no life after death?
2: See, I don't think my perception
0: changes. I don't, it's not like I'm going to change the way I live my life. I don't think that changes at all.
1: What does it tell you about
2: purpose of your life? You define your own purpose. Mm -hmm.
0: But you are assuming that like I hold on to this idea of of afterlife and heaven and reincarnation. You're overthinking So strongly on a daily basis. And that's not the case. Like there are definitely days where I'm like...
2: Taking it for granted.
0: Taking it for granted. then there are days where I'm like, holy shit, like I am so depressed and sad and miserable and everything in my life sucks And I have to just believe in something is is better out there. I have to keep living my life to not make bad decisions because I believe that there's going to be something better. And that's this goes back into a bigger conversation of like when I had talked about raising children around religion. It's not about I want to make sure they go to church every Sunday. It's about as they're getting older, there is a framework to teach them what's good and bad. And there is something else beyond their parents to help them through times that we can't help them like there's something to believe in and there's something that you can relieve some of your pr- some of the pressure and the stress and the heartache to something else. It doesn't have to be real for anyone else but you, but if it helps you manage horrible things that happen in life and it's not hurting anyone else, who's to say that that can't exist for you?
1: right. so in that sense, religion is a form of packaging of these are the ways that you need to deal with problems. These are the ways you need to act. It's basically like a an operating system. Yeah, it's a code. Right. It's a code. It's a code.
0: Back to your question. I don't think it changes any way that I live my life. The purpose. It doesn't change the way I see death.
1: It doesn't change the way to, to know that but, your but, death no, is going to be, ex- you are going to exist exactly like you remember before your yeah, birth. Yeah,
0: but you, I, I think this is, this is the challenge of someone like you who doesn't believe in that, you think that we people that do believe in something like that are at the extreme end of it all the time, and we're not. You go back, you're, you can be in the middle of stuff and still believe it at the end. Like, I am not constantly thinking about oh my god what is going to happen after I die where do I go what is the meaning of life that's not the case I don't think about it that often but if the question comes up there are people
2: that do there are but
0: I think sometimes Brandon categorizes and buckets us into the same like group of people who have extreme beliefs that drive their daily purpose that's not us we are like casual people but it does it is something that I believe in And if the conversation comes up, then I will say, yes, I believe in heaven. I believe in reincarnation, blah, blah, blah. But am I like, hmm, like I wake up in the morning and I'm like, man, can't wait to go to heaven. Like, no, that's not at all what I think about.
2: All right. Next topic. All right. I told you guys my brush with death stories earlier, all the car stuff. I had one other one where I was a passenger, front seat passenger driving on I-75 in downtown Dallas, two o'clock in the morning, sober. I was like a... 17-year-old who was just hanging out with some friends and we were driving 70 miles per hour on an empty freeway at 2 a.m. and a car is barreling the wrong way down the highway and this highway if you've never been in Dallas is like the main thoroughfare lowered highway with you know 30 foot walls on either side there's nowhere you can go Jeez. and just my the guy who's driving just slowly turns the wheel one way and the guy who's driving 70 miles per hour the wrong direction slowly turns the other if he would have turned the same way you're dead that's a flash that's insane. And it's you insane. know, I thought about it for like a day and a half, and then I was 17 and just completely forgot about it for a long time. <laughs>
1: but you have to, you have to suppress that. But have you guys yeah. ever just,
2: just start blaming do yourself? You guys, if you ever had any close calls like that, where just if one thing would have been slightly different, you're done?
0: Yes. I've had, f- there's, there's been five car accidents that I've avoided in my entire life. If I didn't switch lanes at the right time, if I sped up a little bit, I've seen cars behind me get like rammed into the center, like divider. And it was just because I had sped up maybe one or two miles You ever think you're the then. common
2: denominator of those accidents? They wouldn't have happened? I was
0: thinking about that, too. Like, your f- bad there's driving. There's that guilt that I feel. bad driving is what led yes. to that person. <laughs> and then also, side note, no one tells you, like, everyone tells you what to do when you get into a car accident. No one tells you how many, like, witnesses have to stop for <laughs> a car saying, accident. Saying, am I supposed Someone to else stop? Someone is
2: going to stop and give aid. I don't have to.
0: Yes. Like, am I supposed <laughs> yes. to stop? What
1: if it's my fault? Yes. What if it's your fault? You're trying to get away
2: with it. Like, like (laughs) no,
0: but like, I'm going so fast, and I feel like if I stop, stop if I stop, it's gonna make the accident even worse. I'm gonna start more accidents. When do I know to stop? No one tells me these things.
1: Yes, it. Did you take driver's ed? They most definitely went over it.
0: No, Brandon, they tell you like it's it's not like the intense accidents that I've seen in my life. No, it's like, hey, if there's a five car pileup behind you, pull over. But everyone's going like 90 miles per hour. When do how? And then what happens is it's too fast. I can't slow down too fast or stop too fast. If I break too fast, it's going to cause an accident. But then if I slow down, I'm going to be 20 miles down the road. How do I get back to where the accident is? Do you I walk circle back and then I can die because
1: circle I'm gonna hit by back. a car exit u-turn go back and help and like be i there mean for i witness. see your
2: point to some extent Keish. if there's not a safe way to stop you know don't stop exactly but i'm just I gonna imagine add to the problem there were a lot of safe ways for you to stop that you fail to recognize <laughs> in this instance you're just like oh, i got places to what? go so
0: could i just call like yeah, could you i like call
2: and report an accident maybe you should have done that if you did nothing else i should have done that
0: i should have done that that's a good point call now <laughs> let's do it live on air
1: <laughs> oh my god so it was like three years ago.
2: <laughs> what, what? Okay. I well, at now the I know. scene Thanks, of an accident. <gasps>
1: actually, oh shit, I did. I
0: actually do have a very. Oh shit, this is important. Just
1: tell the story. Don't keep telling us that you have a story to tell. So
0: okay, when I was when I was um I was three years old in the Philippines, um I had boring. Ha- <laughs> Sorry, I you know those like um this like a regular inflatable like circular floaty things. When I was little, I for some reason I put it on like a jacket. So it was like, I put like my hand through it and I wore it like a jacket. And I guess we had like a kiddie pool that we were playing in and nobody was watching me. And I was around all my cousins and I went in the pool and I flipped over and I couldn't flip (laughs) myself over again. So I was, I drowned and that it just so happened that my dad came home from like, he was in school. He was like in med school or something. He saw me. I was blue apparently. And he flipped me over and started doing CPR. But like, And then they brought me to the hospital. But my mom said that she, there was at least, there was definitely a bit of time that she thought that I was gone. And my dad was able to bring me back. But that happened on my birthday when I was three years old. So I turned three and then it happened. So for the next 10 years, my mom, and, and this is the shitty thing, is that May 16th in Texas, we would have field trips, like an end of year field trip, and it would always be at the, like the, the city pool or like Schlitterbahn. <laughs> my mom would never let me go. Jeez. Because she was so scared about the me being thing. around a body of water on my birthday. Because she thought I was going to drown.
2: Yeah, when I was in Boy Scouts, I did a white water rafting trip. And then at the end on the Guadalupe, you know, there's the, the chute where mm-hmm. it's just like people can, you can go down on your back with a life vest on. And I went down and I was like seven years old or, no, I was older than that. I was probably like 10 and a white water raft came over me when I was floating down the chute, and I got stuck under it. So I was just pressing underwater, oh. pressing against the bottom ah. of it. And it wasn't until it, the raft cleared all the rapids and made it to somewhere slow that I could get out from under it. And I almost, uh, I, I don't know if I almost drowned. It's hard to remember, but that was probably the most scared I was. Eesh.
1: Yeah, it's it's scary because it could happen at any second. Like every single day, you know, we kind of see these in our peripheral. I think most of us probably ignore it, but just freak accidents, people like in the midst of living their lives, like you know, for however many years, and something just comes and takes them. Mm -hmm. And we just have to like live with the understanding that the likelihood, based on past experience, for that happening to us is really low. But you know, we have no idea what the future holds. It's scary. It's scary. I mean, that's why I, I wish I wish I believed in a heaven or an afterlife.
2: Have you, you ever know? seen a dead body? This is a new segment called, Hey, kid, you ever see a dead, dead body?
1: body. Um, yeah. yeah, but in a hospital, not like, you know, stumbling upon a dead body.
2: I was... Uh like 10 years old no 12 years old it was the el nino summer it was like 1998 or whatever whenever that was whenever chris farley was going the (laughs) nino it was that year yeah yeah so we're driving all over you know the midwest and uh you know my sister goes and visits colleges in chicago we stay a night at an Embassy Suites in Tulsa, and I'm sitting in the room watching television, as you do when you're 12, and my sister and my mom are running the hairdryer because they had just taken a shower or whatever. They were getting ready for dinner. My dad had gone down to the front desk to get more pillows because he has this sickness where he always wants to get as many pillows as humanly possible and build a pillow fort in his bed. or I, I don't know what he does with them, but he goes and gets like six pillows whenever we stay somewhere. It's a fucking weird yes. idiosync- idiosyncrasy. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, I just hear this and i just kind of look around no one else does anything and i walk into the bathroom i'm like mom did you hear it sounded like booms or like gunshots and she was like you were just watching television and i said (laughs) yeah but there wasn't a gun on television or else i wouldn't have come in here and ask you about it you know they don't say anything and then two minutes later my dad comes crawling into the room like opens the door on his hands and knees and like crawls in like a bear and he's like there's some asshole down there with a gun he just shot somebody and 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 then we locked the doors behind him and we get this recorded courtesy call like we're terrified get this courtesy call you know a minute and a half later and it's like Hello, the police are here. Please stay in your rooms.
0: And of course, there's everyone no danger. comes out.
2: <laughs> yeah. And if you've ever been to an embassy suites, they're all built the same way. They're all like six or eight stories of rooms that are around the perimeter. And then you can all bend over and look over the railing into this giant atrium wherever they always have the restaurant or bar or whatever. <laughs> so we all come running out and look over and there's all these girls like crying in the middle. Like there was like a girl softball team there. And then there's just this arm and a puddle of blood oh, and police shit. everywhere. And I was just like, uh, and my dad was like, go inside. <laughs> the guy had run into the hotel started running towards the elevator that my dad was like trying to close. <laughs> and the police were chasing in after him and just blew him away with shotguns oh in the middle of this fucking atrium of an embassy suite. Holy shit. But yeah, I think the guy had like held up a liquor store or something and just like run into the hotel to try to hide because there was a police chase. And he got out of his car and just sprinted into the MC suites. And then he apparently, he apparently held the gun to his head this is what the people who were downstairs that we talked to later. He apparently held the gun to his head like he was going to kill himself. And everybody had a gun trained on him. And then he tried to just quickly. Like move oh it to shoot them. Yeah, he moved it towards the cops. <laughs> there three people there with shotguns. The guy didn't stand a chance. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely saw that body. That was neat. That's insane. And I've never been the same since. I've uh, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, I see that. Ruined me.
1: see Yeah, you've got no shot. That's, that's, some, that's Se- some insane trauma. 17
2: psychologists later, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> So you reminded me. Uh, I sent you guys a video. I want you to listen to it uh, either on your phones. I send it via text or through our uh, Zoom. We had the window open the other night, and like I heard um, these these gunshots. So take a listen. They were really, really close by, and I was like,
0: Are they? Gu- are they gunshots? Or they kind of sound like fireworks? No,
1: no, no, no. They're definitely. I'm usually in the. Oh, those were just fireworks, camp. Those were gunshots.
2: It sounded like a gunshot. And I was just like, shit,
1: the internet's here for me. (laughs) The (laughs) jig is up.
2: See, yeah, once again, you think so highly of yourself that people are coming to kill you.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, I get like, I don't get, I haven't gotten, I don't get threats online. I get people who hope bad things happen to me online.
2: Did you go get your spear from your bedroom?
1: No, I was in Mm -hmm. the bedroom. So luckily I had the spear with me. He's
2: like, I already had it in bed. Hello. Duh. So, I know we uh, talked about this a, a minute ago. With as far as like what you want to happen, you know, with your body. What do you think the worst way to die is? Oh, burned alive. Ugh. Burned alive. Yeah,
1: because you can't keep your dignity. You can't like oh, casually yeah. burn to death. You're gonna be like.
0: Nah! I would say you remember in Saw they had that like iron bull. Nope. So there, it's like a it's a hollow metal. It's shaped like a bull. And this girl got put in there. Like, they put her in like an oven in that bowl. So she was like baking. I would say that's the worst. Or drowning. Drowning, drowning. is
2: supposedly peaceful from all of the people who got No! Woke up after from the drowning. people that you've
0: talked to who drowned, <laughs> you're from saying. From the people, from you've the asked people them, who were
2: resuscitated.
0: They're like five out of five would recommend. <laughs> but
1: I, I mean, like, I, I get what you're saying. Like, the physical aspect of it's not that bad, but it just seems like the mental aspect of like, holy shit, I'm going to drown. That's what's I think terrible. it depends
2: on the conditions in which you drown. If you're drowning like in shallow water and the Titanic slowly filling up a room, yeah, it's probably pretty terrifying.
1: Or just anywhere in the ocean. I guess like the more, the, the, I think the, the worse you have to think and rationalize what's happening to you, probably the the worse it is.
2: Like I think the I quicker think it is stung by wasps. Why? Oh, just wow. a swarm of wasps <laughs> just surrounding you and stinging you. That's yeah, that's
0: that's pretty bad. Or ant, yeah, or did you
2: ever see life of brian
1: only only once
2: oh my god it's so great there's a part where he's like do you know what happens for someone harboring a criminal and this old man's like what and he goes crucifixion (laughs) and he's like yeah and he goes nasty isn't it and the old man goes that could be worse could get stabbed (laughs) john calice is like stabbed why stabbing is you die in an instant crucifixion takes hours it's an agony of death and then he says well, at least you're in the open air. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, would th- I think the drowning piece is tough because you, f- you physically feel water filling your lungs, and I think that's the hard part. Well,
1: let's talk about official ways they kill you. Firing squad,
2: electric chair. Guillotine. I mean, everybody wants the drug cocktail.
1: I don't, man, because it, like, immobilizes you. You're just sitting there and you can't move. I'd rather do the... Uh,
2: that's unlike my best way to die. I just want to OD on morphine. No. Yeah, you want to be able to panic and, like
0: flail your arms as you're dying? Yeah,
1: because apparently like, you can still feel pain. You just can't move. I think uh, guillotine, that's the way to go.
2: Yeah, but you want to be first in the day. Supposedly, those guillotines got dull and then only take you two chops to get it off.
1: There's
0: no regulations (laughs) on sharpening guillotines and axes when they chop your head off. You have to just And also
2: think about like you hear the rope fall and then all of a sudden the guillotine gets stuck halfway down and then they have to reset the whole thing. Okay, so
1: if you couldn't do lethal injection, what would you do? firing squad what if they're all like stormtroopers <laughs> they all miss <laughs> no like they'll hit you but you know not in the head i mean because that's what you're hoping for someone gets you right in the head right
2: Eh, uh, i don't know i would i n- firing squad though you get that bandana over your eyes and you get a cigarette
1: what about uh electrocution
2: no 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 did you ever see the green, did you watch mile? The green mile yeah, yeah <laughs> fuck that <laughs> yeah, but did you ever see Ernest Goes to Jail? Oh that Did you ever rough. see Home Alone? They get electrocuted yeah. in that? No, too, Ernest Goes awful. to Jail,
1: He like it gives him superpowers and he could like shock people afterwards. You're going to
0: try it? You want to see if that gives you superpowers? Yeah, you never know. Anything that you can hear leading up to when it actually happens, I think is what I, I'm not a fan of. I, just... I want to
2: run around a mall covered in a belt surrounded in hot dogs that everybody thinks is dynamite. <laughs> just... Okay, last question. If you had to fight to death, Weapon of choice. And it's not like you get a minigun to, like, mow down someone with a knife. It's like the other person gets the exact same weapon you get. You just get to choose which one. Spear. Because you have familiarity.
1: I'm familiar with the spear. But the other guy gets a spear, I too. I understand. I'll out-spear him.
0: Xena's uh, Zena's a uh, circular thing that she throws. But what if you miss? Then you have nothing. It comes back. You you have to do it properly. Okay, think, and something's never.
1: Number- like, All right, know, right, like right, right, Kombat, right.
0: like Kung Lao throws his hat. And yeah, but
1: out, it's that's yeah. a it's not real.
2: All right, Billy. What would you what would you? I've get? been trying to think about this. I feel like I would do like revolvers.
1: I thought you said no. Go- like, oh, Cold you just West. mean like no no like semi autos. I get you.
2: But like you just hope the person misses, and then you just kind of run up to him to get real close. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, well, it seems you got one more question, right? Uh, movie, TV deaths that affected you? Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. So any pop culture that just really resonated with a death. And I'll give you an example. Maggie always makes fun of me because I cry during movies. And I always cry in the sacrifice hero death. So when someone mm. knowingly kills themselves to save everybody else, I always tear up. That's, I can't help that's it.
0: That's what gets you? Yeah. D- um, I would say in The Land Before Time, when Littlefoot's mom died
2: eaten by T-Rex that is not the way you want to go
0: that one and it's a cartoon that one got me and also in my girl when her best when macaulay culkin's character gets stung by bees and he dies oh god
2: oh no. That's like Ooh, charlie's heart. death
1: in lost always gets me
2: cuz he knows it's coming Never heard of it. and he's
1: he saves desmond warns him and ultimately accepts his fate and and i think that's why i think again like you know the whole time charlie knows he's going to die and like coming to terms with that isn't easy and i don't don't necessarily think that's a gift i think it's kind of excruciating to know that it's coming and you know the fact that he accepted it and did so to save someone i thought was pretty dope
2: i think the one that is more recent for me and i guess it's hard to say spoiler alert because the show is 20 years old now um but did you guys watch the wire yeah
1: oh wallace
2: wallace michael b jordan and he's like peeing himself yeah oh awful just awful all right next question
1: Do you guys fear
2: death? Of course. Death is terrifying. Do you think about it like late at night? No. No. Oh, I do. I'm not obsessed with death. I just, in most cases, it seems like it's really embarrassing and painful. Embarrassing how? Like, I mean, you're bleeding out, you shit yourself, or you've like shriveled up with sickness. I know you poop when you're giving birth. Oh, you poop when you die. Unless you just pooped. If you die on the toilet after pooping, you may not. <laughs> Dude, if I'm, I'm post toilet, I'm like, oh,
1: God, this is the end. Someone take me to a toilet. Let me just get this out.
2: Yeah. What if you had a heart attack mid-push, and then the coroner's like, or they're looking at it, and they're like, do you think this is a pre- or post-mortem dump?
0: <laughs> like, it smells a little different. It might be a post-mortem. Can I just... get that and a test? Is it, like, does it?
1: <laughs> I really... <laughs> I really do not want a Reddit death. I guess I I fear that independently, like Wait, a what's death. What's
0: a what's a Reddit death?
1: Kind of like Elvis, you know, like a death that's so embarrassing you end up infamous for how you died because it was so embarrassing. Like you know, like Elvis died on Award. the toilet. Yeah, like a Darwin Award exactly. Mm, so I'm terrified okay, okay. of dying in like, and I I know I will. I know I absolutely will. Like one time I almost like you know. I was talking to some people and walking backwards on my lawn and I almost tripped and impaled myself on a rusty like pole and I was like, That's a red right of death. I'd be <laughs> yeah. pole guy. And like it's one of those things, I think it's like late at night if you can't fall asleep.
0: That's what you think about? Yeah,
1: that's why I always have to have the TV on at night or else I'm alone with my thoughts and I can't do that. It's just terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, I just think about
2: <laughs> That's so neurotic.
1: Death comes for everyone, and we just kind of have this running assumption that it's going to come for us when we're really old, because statistically that's the most likely thing. But some people win the lottery. Uh, some people win the lottery of death. They die young and in an unlikely mm. way. And what I if that's me tomorrow? I don't
2: know me that, that metaphor works.
1: Win it does. the lottery
2: of death to die The won. lottery of death? Yeah, like it's not a lot of people uh, in I our situation. I think someone d- draws the short straw might be the sure. better. Sure. Whatever.
0: Yeah, I was like, "What are they waiting?" Try- no, Not I'm sa- having oh, to live.
1: Okay, you guys are focusing on the wrong part. All I'm saying <laughs> is that, like, it's statistically <laughs> unlikely, which is comforting. But you have to remember that it still does happen if you're lucky or anti-lucky. Uh, whatever the opposite of lucky is.
0: Un unlucky.
1: Lucky. Wow. Anti-lucky. If you are unlucky. Yeah, and I'm like, well, that could be me. And, like, I think about, like, all the random headlines I see every day of, like, six people died doing X. And all I could think about is, like, that's, like, decades lost. Those people live for decades. Doing ecstasy? No X, like, anything. Like, it could be, oh, like, I was protesting. Like, I don't. They're, like, protesting oh, someone else dying and they died. <laughs> what the fuck? That is fucked up. And it happens a lot. Like I think in, in Iran, like they were protesting the, the military shooting down that plane and a bunch of people died protesting. It's like, no, no one, no one should ever die protesting death. You double your losses. I don't know. So I, uh, so to answer my question, uh, I fear death constantly. It's horrifying, even though I know that death is peaceful and Quiet non-existence.
2: Do you ever find yourself in everyday situations where you're thinking, this is how I could die? Yes. Yes, so, especially yes, in the car, that. especially in the car. So like one time, you know, that uh, roller coaster in Dallas where that guy got his head chopped off a few years ago, the Texas Giant. It's like the big wooden roller coaster at Six Flags Over Texas. I don't remember a head
1: mm-hmm. being chopped off. I remember feet being chopped off.
2: Oh, maybe that was it. I can't oh, really remember. Interesting. So it, it's a second person I think has died on it. But uh, there was a time when I was a kid and we got up to the very, very top and my my little seat harness just unlatched and just oh, shit. all the way up. And we're like right at the top, about to go down. And my friend looks over, my friend looks over, and I just yank it down, and then he puts his arm across my stomach. And somehow it, <laughs> somehow it stayed latched the rest of the wave. but I was just like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck.
1: Oh, God, that's terrifying. I remember being on one of those looping- and
2: It's like two minutes. It's a two-minute roller yeah. coaster, so I'm not having fun. I'm just holding on, expecting it to pop <laughs> off. And then when I did, a, I did one of those giant, you know, zipline parks when I was in Costa Rica. And I I love, I love ziplines. I love anything that's like a thrill-seeking thing I'm into. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, I did all of the like normally long ziplines where you're kind of in the the tree canopy. And, you know, it's it's. Yeah. It's high enough up to die, and it's probably a worse death than like falling off a skyscraper because you probably like break everything and bleed out. You don't just instant die. But somehow That's I make true. it through those, and I'm totally fine. Then you get the one super long one called the Superman, and you're stomach down, face first, and you go across this entire yeah. valley. It's like a mile long zipline or something like that. It's a, it's an absurdly long absurdly high mountain peak to lower mountain peak. They throw me down it and it's like the thrill wears out after about five seconds of having the fun, you know, gravity effect or whatever that you get. And then I'm just consciously strapped there staring down (laughs) probably like eight stories down or something like that. And I see my shadow kind of going over the top of the tree line and I'm just sitting there thinking, if this thing breaks, this is where I'd land and die. Okay, and now I would die there. And now, and I would just... I <laughs> <You> just kept <laughs> dating your point kick, of death? Kick, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just like, okay, now I would die there. And now I would die there. And now I would die there. And that was all I could think of for the rest of like the 15 seconds I was on the damn thing.
1: I don't know. Couldn't you like, I guess you can't really aim your body. I mean... You
0: can't. You can get, like, I think you'll get impaled.
1: Well, I mean, I think the hope is that like you would break a branch but in breaking it you would sl- it would slow you down a little bit so like constantly hitting branch after branch it would hurt and maybe break some bones but it would slow you down okay. instead of speeding you up as you get closer to the ground instead of gravity speeding you up uh,
0: yeah i i think like there there's a better likelihood of you dying falling from zip lining into like a jungle than something like parasailing which combines two of my fears which is the ocean and, sharks? and heights and heights.
2: Oh. I love heights except for the whole falling. So part.
0: that I've, I've done it like twice. I think
2: I parasail my with you. Oh, my f-
0: Oh yeah. We did go parasailing. Yeah. It's fucking terrifying because my, here's my thought. The, the fucking wire thing is going to break and I'm just going to float away. And someone's going to just, there's going to be a bird that eats me. I don't do know. You, do you but ever think I, the about the other getting sucked have.
2: into the escalator? Sorry. I just interrupted you, but I, Oh, I, oh yes. only as a
1: kid, not as a,
2: feel like I'd definitely get sucked in. Oh, shit.
0: Do you know what other thing I just remembered? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you do you guys remember seeing those things in the, I think it was like an urban legend or whatever, that if you put your, if you sat at the bottom of the pool where that drain oh, is. Oh, yeah. It sucks you it in. It sucks yeah. the, it sucks like all of your like, oh, your intestines out?
2: Oh, that I was not afraid of. I was just afraid of being stuck and drowning. Not okay. Just, so no, it's
0: just like, <laughs> it pulls all of everything out of your butt. So for
1: a really long time, I saw this movie when I was a little kid because my, my aunt owned a video rental store, so I like, saw all the movies and all the bad movies. Uh, and I saw this, this movie called Leonard Part Six, uh, starring Bill Cosby, uh, commonly known as one of the worst movies of all time. And if you ask, where was Leonard Parts One through Five, the official answer is Classified. So that's why the franchise starts with Leonard Part 6. What? And in it, they trained animals to kill people. And one of the ways they assassinated somebody was they trained piranhas to go through pipes and come out the filter thing at the side of the pool, eat a guy, and then go back in. So after that, for an extremely long amount of time much longer than rationally it should have affected me whenever i was at a pool by one of those filters i would like skip by it like to get get past it just a little bit faster as if the piranha wouldn't like you know still just kind of swim like an extra foot and get me but it was an irrational fear built in from this movie that i understood at the time was irrational but nevertheless it was a extremely real fear to this day i really i'm really scared of piranhas well
2: i mean who has at
1: one point i wanted to wipe them all out <laughs> just wanted to make them extinct yeah I'm, i was gonna thanos piranhas man <laughs> nuke nuke the amazon nuke them
0: but don't people have some piranhas as pets i saw that and piranhas
1: are actually are really not that bad I, they, they really don't kill that many people Ever,
0: I think it needs you need a lot of piranhas and a lot of angry piranhas at the same time. Angry
2: piranhas, maybe hungry. Yeah, but yeah, I so fearing death. I, you know, once again the Southern Baptist upbringing. You know, I it's more like, hey, I don't, I just don't want to go to hell. And there's been times in my life where my parents are like, we're really worried about your soul. Like, you think I'm going to hell? I'm (laughs) your kid. Okay, so Billy, do you believe in hell? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Okay, I'm there, man. This is it. We're in it. We're living hell. We're on a podcast that never pays. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I'm
1: totally joking. So hell, right. (laughs) It was not in the Old Testament.
0: We keep talking about that. We're going to talk about this stuff in the religion. Well, But I mean,
1: that's the thing, though, especially for Americans, is that death is so intertwined with religion, which is why it's hard to disconnect the two. Uh, But um, let me ask you this. So, uh, Billy, you brought up you know, the idea of falling to your death? What if you weren't hang gliding? What if you fell out of a plane and you did not lose consciousness? So you knew in about three minutes you would be dead. What is that process like? Do you think you could come to terms with your life and with the incoming end of it? Or do you think you would constantly be just looking for irrational ways to survive? In order to avoid coming to terms?
2: If I were falling out of an airplane and I had, like, five minutes to think about it, maybe. You wouldn't have
1: five. You'd have, like, max two.
2: You know, whatever. There's got to be, like, a length of time where you have to know it's coming. And it's certain that it's coming for me to think that you start making terms with your life. Otherwise, I just think you're panicked and trying to figure out a way to fix it. That's what I'm asking, though.
1: So how long do you think you need in order to come to terms versus irrationally trying to fix it because we all remember in that classic movie ghost ship at the beginning when everyone was cut in half you had that lady Mm. who was trying to she was like grabbing her the lower half of her body which is now severed from the upper half and trying to like (laughs) reattach it completely irrational (laughs) but like that was what she chose to do with her last moment so how long do you think you need in order to not do that, but try to come to terms with what's happening. At least
2: a minute.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I think it'll take me a few seconds to like try and go through every solution to not die. And then... Like if
2: you imagine yourself being like your hands are tied up and there's a time bomb ticking down. Like at what point do you stop yeah. trying to t- take the tape off your arms? I think it's like two seconds. Right. If, if you get sucked out of an airplane and you just see yourself plummeting towards the earth, well, then you pretty much- You got You, got you time. probably already know <laughs> what the outcome's going to be. Just like, do I want to land on my head, and no, or do I want to like aim for some trees? And <laughs> but you can't aim though. I've seen enough Tom Cruise movies to know you can aim. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. We're all
2: experts. And I take my squirrel suit everywhere, just in case. Keish, <laughs> <laughs> what about you?
0: Well, first of all, I don't give up very easily, like across a lot of things in life. So I feel like if I was on the verge of dying. I would still try to find a way out. The only time that I think I would actually give up is if I was in the ocean and I saw a shark coming at me. And I'm not gonna out swim a shark. I could probably punch it. Yeah, punch it in the eye. But it's still a shark. And I'm all, and I'm, one, I'm already scared of the ocean. So I'm probably not swimming well. I'm probably trying to figure out how I got to this position anyway. And then the shark's like, wow, she looks delicious. And so it's just like a lot of factors that I'm already thinking about. Why do you
1: assume you would look delicious to the shark?
0: I would look delicious to a lot of things.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Are you bleeding and acting like a seal? Yeah.
0: Speaking of that really quick, though. Speaking of bleeding and
2: acting like a seal?
0: (laughs) So, Billy, you you talked about like you like the the thrill-seeking kind of stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Would you guys ever do things that actually get you like legitimately close to death? Like a shark cage?
1: Yes, I would do a shark cage if I could also have a AR-15 with me. No. Underwater.
0: You can't have that. You just have your fists. No, fuck no.
1: (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess a shark, I mean, a shark does not want to eat you. Like we as humans are, have an evolutionary advantage That we are not delicious to anything. (laughs) There's nothing on this earth that wants
2: to eat us. It's all that deodorant, man. That stuff's got chemicals (laughs) and shit. So, like, I would go in a shark cage, but it's not like I would go in a shark cage if they were, like, throwing chum in the ocean or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you would have the safety precautions. I really want but... to go
2: skydiving, but it's hard to find people who oh, want to go skydiving okay, with me.
0: No. Dude, Paula will go, My... and are I'll really? pick you up. Yeah, she's been wanting to I gotta, we go. Gotta, we I gotta said make I could sure our
2: affairs are in order, as far as like uh, you know, death certificate and yeah. Do you have a will? Power of attorney. I think I do have a will. I actually do. I think I do have a will. I don't want chunks. Do not <laughs> give me chunks. Paula also does not want
1: chunks. Aw. Oh, he pooped no. in her room last time. <gasps> He was here. No, he didn't.
2: When did he poop up there?
1: don't know. I guess he got upstairs at one point and pooped.
2: Did you hide it from her to protect her?
1: He and Vader are always trying to out pee each other. Oh,
2: my God.
0: That's what he was doing upstairs. So uh, Paula and I were like embroidering and watching um, Search Party. And it was like everything was cool. And then all I just heard was Chonks like stomping down the stairs. We didn't know what he was doing up there. So he was pooping.
1: Yeah, you see he's pooping. Paula wasn't happy.
2: Just <laughs> all a right, bad, all right. bad dog.
0: <sighs>
1: okay, that was not my question. I didn't ask how you would live your life if you didn't believe in that stuff. I'm asking what does it tell you about the nature of life and death if there is nothing afterward? And don't you see what happens? Well, see what happens is you get scared, so you kind of change what we're talking about. Accept it. Accept <gasps> that those things do not exist. What does that tell you about the nature of life and death? What answer are you looking for? <laughs> I'm willing to tell under- you whatever un- you want under- to get out of this question. I don't understand the question. <laughs> if if there is nothing after death, if we are not okay. here for any reason at all, we are just here. What does that tell you about the nature of life and death? What does that tell you about your purpose? What does that make you feel about
2: your purpose? We're a simulation.
1: We
0: don't have a purpose.
1: But your purpose can be what you make it, right?
0: Maybe, but if it's not going to amount to anything, then what's the point?
1: Oh, hopefully you find a point. Do you think that's how most people would feel? Like if if I could like mathematically disprove God. Okay. (laughs) And there was like, no like just assume for the purposes of this question we could prove to everyone on earth that nothing exists what do you think happens to human civilization
2: there's a lot of people who get really angry and then like a generation later not everything goes back to normal yeah people
1: are like remember that one guy good thing we killed him who said religion didn't
2: exist oh and by everything goes back to normal there's one caveat to that what's that um you know the purge starts to happen so we just start purging Ooh, how would you guys dude. think you'd be
1: doing a purge can we do a whole purge episode
2: is that possible i would love that you can make so weapons so my money's <gasps> on her i can make no weapons. we all we yeah, actually we all
1: need to go take the making weapons in like an apocalypse we should. class
2: that'd dude, be fun i broke my toe on saturday just opening a refrigerator i'm not gonna Did you get you actually break ne- your toe oh, yeah it's broken
1: it looks disgusting
2: yeah it it broke. The shelf fell out of a refrigerator, and all of the contents came down onto my bare foot.
0: Oh my god!
2: <laughs> it's so bruised. It looks dirty. Like when I look all the way down to my big toe, <laughs> I'm just like, "Why is my toe like? It looks like it's covered in dirt." Oh, that's a giant fucking bruise.
0: So is the did it like? Is the nail gonna die and it's gonna come off?
2: We'll see. Well, you want to put bets on? Ooh, it? <laughs> cool.
0: Eee. I've always wanted to do that thing in horror movies where they put a needle underneath the nail.
2: Ooh, it's like Jesus a torture thing, Christ. and then you,
0: they then they pop it up, and then it removes the nail. But if yours they is do already that to,
2: like prisoners in Vietnam, yeah.
0: But if yours is already dying and dead, you won't feel it. So I can just.
2: I don't pop think it that's up. true. But anyways,
1: I feel like someone taking your fingernails out would be pretty terrible. I'd love to do a torture episode. Oh. <gasps> Where each yes, one of us it. researches a kind of torture.
0: <laughs> like we make a presentation like we're in fucking third grade. That's how like
2: half, that's how like the most po- popular podcasts are. <laughs> so, most gruesome death you've ever seen on television or in a movie Ooh. that just made you. Like mine is definitely when the mountain crushes the viper's head. And I remember just like quivering with fear when it makes that fruit. Being smashed by a hammer sound when yeah. he sticks his thumbs in his eyes, and I just started yelling, like I actually emitted a yell.
1: It's the shriek that the what's his name, Pac-
2: Pascal Pedro Pascal Pedro
1: Pascal. Thank you.
2: Oh, that yeah.
1: shriek he makes during yeah. it that just like gets to you,
2: blood curdling.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm with you there. Um, uh, most gruesome death. Right, that right, you right, ever right, saw. right. Most of them I think are actually from the the TV show Left. Uh, Walking Dead, because it's they have a lot of disemboweling. That to me is scary. Oh, the disemboweling yeah, it's, is your like thing. you see you see your intestines and you're like, Just... oh, these don't belong outside. This yeah. is my lower <laughs> intestines.
2: <laughs> this is my
1: liver. Because like if if your head gets chopped off, like you the amount of time that you're conscious of it is very short
2: yeah but like when
1: you're disemboweled like that's at least 20 seconds of sheer horror you're just
0: like fucking carrying it like you're taking clothes out of the dryer but not wanting to get a basket
1: god i think i even (laughs) might remember a specific death it's that kid that wants to learn how to be an engineer and he's stuck in the uh what do you call those revolving doors oh revolving doors yeah,
2: and he's getting smeared.
1: Yeah, like they're just like digging into his stomach oh, and pulling it out, and he's just like, ah! And you're... So yeah, disemboweling the worst.
2: Yeah, so my that was the scariest weapon in all the horror movies I saw was that stupid hook, and I know what you did last summer, because oh. I was always thinking you got gutted with that thing. Oh, it just made me so nauseated yeah. thinking about that.
0: Oh, let me think. I would say any death any like murder or death that i've seen where it requires a person getting pulled apart like they have Drawn usually it's like, it's like they have deal. it like yeah where they get pulled apart or usually someone slices them right down the middle and you just they like fall like pff. and then again it's like they get disemboweled too but it's like half right so it's like i split. know and
1: if it's like you're gonna get sliced down the middle you want them to go top down but when they go bottom up
0: you go bottom up oh! Oh! <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot. That's ugh. a lot. Look. Eh, that, yeah. Um, And then any sort of burning death. Because if they show the person burning to death, then their skin starts to like like it kind of sizzles and it gets like kind of like, like slimy. And I, all I'm imagining is just how it smells. I always find those
2: gratifying, like a Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, where that stupid steward like burns himself alive and runs off the top of the tower. I'm always like, yeah, fuck you, guy. <laughs> but he was still on
0: fire when you see him. I'm talking about when they like let you just slowly burn. All
2: right, all right, all right. Does anybody have anything else? I, I'm assuming we all have like friends or family members that were close-ish or that we knew pretty well that have died. Right. Is do you ever associate like a song or a TV episode or something with someone you know, like their death? Like there was a song. This guy died in my junior year of high school that we all knew and we were all in theater with. And for some reason, whenever I hear this song by Pearl Jam, I just constantly and and immediately remember that this guy died in high school. Like it's just like this song is a trigger to this memory of this person dying. Yeah,
0: I don't. I I don't know. I think I block out. A lot of the death I've experienced in life—I don't remember.
2: Well, never mind. Not a good question.
0: Cut it. Sorry, that's that's a that's a defense mechanism for me. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come
2: back. No, and hit I, me I when think,
1: I'm like, and I, I think that's like a pretty natural, right? Like, do you think humans, for however how we have it, and I don't know how it's common to everyone, but do you think we naturally try to block out death? And block out you know bad memories bad stuff in order to just kind of keep going do you think that is a evolutionary a social evolutionary trait that we have
2: for sure
0: the issue is when we were growing up no one taught us how to deal with death and like there was no class you take about how to mourn properly
2: that's what sunday school is all about it's just like they went to heaven don't worry but if they went to hell it was just like well, we'll be praying for your ever-loving soul.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go to Sunday school, so I don't know what that Get the is.
2: fuck out of here. Well, did you go to confirmation school? No. Did you go to regular school, not culinary? <laughs> I mean, I, we
0: went to church on Sundays, but I don't remember. I just, I knew the markers, right? Like, I knew, like, if we got to this part of the church where people are, like, eating, then I'm like, oh, we're almost done. What And the there's, like, the closing remarks of, like...
1: So like yeah, when we get to the herpes cup, we're like almost through.
0: <laughs> we're 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 almost there, but I don't I don't know I don't think my mom or dad or and it's not to their fault. They just it's not like you can make up sad envi- or sad situations to make your kids practice being sad o- outside of like pets dying or you know having to explain like a friend passing away or a family member passing away. Which maybe that happened and I just wasn't aware of it, or I do remember telling me telling them about it, and I'm just like okay. What do you, what am I, what do I do? Like, are are like, I, I don't know. Even now, if someone were to tell me, hey, you know, so-and-so passed away, I'd be like, okay. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know how to react to that.
2: So when, when someone dies, you say, oh, that's too bad. That's the first human normal emotion that you, you're supposed I, to feel. No,
0: my first re- emotion is, Okay. <laughs> Because I don't, because it's not like, I don't want to say something that I know is not meaningful. Like, I don't want to say something like, oh, everything's going to be okay. Because I don't know if it's going to be okay. if like Hitler
2: dies, everything's going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah, but like. Unless you are Nazi. (laughs) Things are going to get way worse.
0: (laughs) I get so wrapped up about always wanting to be honest and truthful and genuine when I'm trying to comfort somebody. That for a moment in time, like it almost prevents me from being a good friend. Because I I want to make sure that what I'm saying to you is actually accurate. It's it's genuine. So I'm not just gonna be like, oh my gosh, that's so sad. I can't believe it happened to you. And like deep down, I know it doesn't. Ma- that's not how I feel. So I'll just be quiet until I feel stuff, and then I'm like, oh okay. Then I'm gonna try and talk to you about
1: yeah, it. Yeah, I, I totally can relate to that. And honestly, I think I learned a big lesson from one uh, I th- what I think is one of the most underrated television shows ever. Because I think it's one of the best shows ever. Uh, Parks and Rec. Parks and Recreation. It was when. Chris, who's played by Rob Lowe, learned that it's not about trying to solve someone's problem all the time. Sometimes you just have to be there to listen and say, That sucks. I acknowledge that is shitty. And that's it. And that's That's okay. And that's okay. That's fine.
0: Like, even you just explaining that, I'm like envisioning a situation where I would just have to say, That sucks. It just feel I feel so like I have like anxiety because it's like I want to do. <laughs> it's like you just I don't know. Like I don't like you want to do more. I always want to try and maybe that's a problem. I always want to try and fix people's problems. And I, you know what? That is that is a problem that I want to do that because when I'm trying to fix people's problems, that means well, one, but also <laughs> it means that I think that there is a problem. Right. So and and I'm like so wrapped up in the solution that I haven't even really thought about what the problem is, but I just, like, I like with be in Dexter, for example, he probably didn't think there was anything wrong with our relationship or certain things that we fought about. But I was like, we gotta fix that, we gotta fix that. And then he gets all mad because he's like, why can't you just be present? Why can't you just be in love? And I'm like, well, because shit's wrong. So we gotta fix it before it gets worse. But, like, the problem is maybe not, you're right, not everything needs to be fixed right now or right away, but I don't know how to just be there for somebody. I don't know how to do that. Sometimes
1: it's just as simple as being there and just listening and just saying... That sucks.
0: And then how do you how do you end that? How do you, you, just you? just let
1: them keep going until they can't go anymore, and that's it.
2: And then you kind of say you give it a little stretch like the. You uh, time to hit the yeah, old you dusty kinda, chair. Yeah, you kind of dust off your thighs a little bit. <laughs> you fake like your phone ringing, and it's like you pick up the phone and go, "Oh, um, yeah, one second. I got, I got it. I got it. <laughs> so you never had to like, but you can process death if you have time like if your grandmother died or something and you actually are like with family and going through all the emotions that's not weird it's just the immediate reaction that was
1: hard that's a hard example because i was happy for my grandmother when she died
0: exactly it i think it it depends on the condition of death or like what the yeah she
1: had uh she was alzheimer's and you know all i could think about is the lack of dignity and i'm sensitive of that in general
2: (laughs) as someone who never has dignity no no no, no.
1: (laughs) my friend died like i was like very worried i'm like Asking his spouse, "Do you want people to see him like this?" Because he's like so he cared Mm -hmm. so much about his image, and it's like, yeah, because like uh, you know, when you're in the hospital, man, it's like you don't look dignified, you don't look dope, you don't look cool. That's why I'm afraid of death. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing.
0: When I what I don't like about death is the fact that I know that it's going to inconvenience people around me. Like when I die, like I know it's going to make my family sad, and I don't like that. And then when I die, I know that somebody's going to have to clean out my search history on my internet
2: yeah Yeah.
0: well what about me keisha (laughs) and then brandon's gonna have to find someone to replace me
1: on exactly (laughs) that's not gonna be easy i'm gonna have to have like i don't know like a contest
2: (laughs) maggie and i always talk about like the hypothetical oh wait
1: wait no we'll just replace you with maggie never mind
2: that's true Oh, that's true. That's true. Maggie, Maggie and I always talk about the hypothetical of like if you had to kill yourself and she's like, and then you would have to kill me because I don't want to be the one who has to do that and then live with it. So Ugh. you kill me first and then you kill yourself. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who believes in hell.
1: But like what happens if you're like, OK, you do that. And as soon as you shoot her, someone opens the door that you were like, you know, trapped in. They're like, oh, like I at the got end of you. the Mist.
2: Like at the end of the Mist, Ooh, that movie. Oh my Spoiler god! Spoiler alert! I love Tom it. Jane shoots his son, and then like the troops run into the Shit. mist, and they're like, "It's all okay, it's all over." And he's sitting there after oh blowing god. his kid's brains out all over his shirt. That's such a good movie. I love oh, that movie. Oh, is that what
1: Rick and Morty was parodying? I thought that was like an original thing they did. I didn't. I've never seen the Mist. I've played so Mist. Bad.
2: No, let's not no, talk about different. that. That's another episode. What this is on. awesome. All right. Bottom 5. Bottom 5. You will die or you will be the bottom 5. Sponsors? Oh yeah, we don't have sponsors. Never mind. Okay, the bottom 5 things of having to cope or deal with pending death. Number cool. 5, fire and brimstone people. <laughs> All of like the people who are like really worried about your soul and going to hell and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. And they're just like, you've got to do this. You've got to accept Jesus. You got whatever it is. They're just like, you do not want to go to hell. You've only got so much time left. Get baptized, get in that tank and get (laughs) dunked, or take the sprinkle or, you know, donate your possessions to the homeless. Like when somebody else is like looking at your life and saying there's a moral ramification that I'm going to go to hell. Like none no good decisions come from that. <laughs> it's just like the worst part about religion. And then you're just sitting there thinking, like, what the hell does this guy think about me? Like, why am I going to hell? <laughs> it's all fear. Does he know something? It's fear driven. Are you right with God? And you're like, Whoa, 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 man. Like what makes you think I'm not right with God? You know? <laughs> I, what pisses me cool. off is when those
1: people hang out at like fun places and distract. Like you Go to the Super Bowl. There's always that guy there that says you're going to hell.
2: Or like I don't even like sports. And like all the people who are like, yeah, I'm just do that so I don't go to hell. And it's like what? Like your motive, It's like what you were kind of insinuating earlier, Brandon, to Keisha, about people living their lives differently if they believe in heaven or hell. Not everybody does, but the people who live as if there's only a hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the people who like, we're not married, so I have to take a shower and pray after I have. Oh, sex. you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I take a
0: shower. I take a shower because I'm not a monster. I'll be honest.
1: I pray during sex. It...
2: <laughs> please don't come. Yeah. Please don't You're come. You're like, not, <laughs> yet, <laughs> not yet, not yet, not <laughs> yet. Sorry, Paula.
1: Yeah, sorry. We're all sorry.
2: <laughs> Number four, power of attorney. Huh. The weight in which someone's like, if your parents come up to you, and my, my dad's 78, and he's like, all right, son, I'm giving you power of attorney. <laughs> Like, that is a fucking weight. So not only are you yeah. like, you're like, okay, dad, you have to, you're, you're 78, you're going to die soon. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, and when you die, like, now I have to think about it all the time because I have to create this yeah. to-do list for your death. And then also, like, why didn't you choose one of the other siblings? They could have <laughs> taken care of you. Like, why do I have to be the one with the- Aren't you the youngest one? I'm the, yeah, I'm the youngest why one. Why did he give it to you? Well, no, he, he, he it hasn't happened <sighs> yet. I'm just saying the pending- fear of having power of attorney it's way too much responsibility if you have to pull the cord on a parent why would anybody want that and then you have to figure out like okay, I got to take off another week for going to the lawyer and getting all this will stuff sorted out. And then I got to go clean up their house and all of this. Like having power yeah. of attorney is like what you give someone you hate. Yeah, I'm going to give power of attorney to the person that I detest the most and make them go through like the entire job of cleaning up my bits. I would just be
1: like, yeah. skeptical and scared. Like I feel like if I gave my kid power of attorney, he'd be here the next week with like officials being like, all right, dad, it's time to pull the plug. And I'll be like, but I'm fine. I'm just. I'm not. And they're like, "No, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm getting it's, better. It's, I'm getting better." Sure, you are,
2: Dad. It's, it's, sure it's, you, it's, you go. Shh, quiet. Oh, shh, Go to sleep.
0: I think it also the other part of that too, uh, Billy, is that like if you have a lot of siblings, that just
2: causes a lot of drama. Oh, it's awful. The idea, the whole. Oof. Just hire an attorney. Just get an attorney. Like make them the yeah, the, the person. Actually, to I
1: bet Keisha, your parents are gonna make Nico the power of attorney. Oh uh, no, it's me. Really. I'm the oldest. Yeah, but I mean, it's not, you know, they, that's, not, that's not how it works. They pick who they feel comfortable I with. I mean,
0: they like, li- they like favor my brother, but do they trust him with everything? Probably not. But I do. I'm, I'm a rational person. I make rational I decisions.
2: will put money on it. I will bet anyone $10. What a fucking weird thing to bet on. <laughs> All right, number three, decline. Watching or declining yourself, decline just sucks. Decline—it's like what I talked about earlier on another episode, where I was like, you have to take care of your parents as they slowly become like children, or you have to burden someone else with the fact that like you can't keep your shit in your pant or in your butt anymore, and it's just uh, that whole thing. But but then like bedside manner becomes a thing. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not trained for bedside manner. I'm a morbid dude. So if like, I'm there trying to tell someone, Hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be, it's not going to be okay. You're about to fucking die. Yeah. Like I'm not the guy for that job. I don't want to go make someone feel better. That's exhausting. Would you rather be that or the power of attorney? neither man I'd just rather be around a place where there's no people yeah no that's what I'm telling you we'll all fake
1: our own deaths and we'll go live on an island in Costa Rica
2: yeah, but then you also have to deal with all those phone calls that are such a beating to it's like oh you know how's X and you're like oh well, they're still yeah. dying like thanks yeah. for asking thanks for reminding me I thought I was gonna have like a nice pick me up conversation <laughs> with you and now we're in that place or imagine the other you have to start informing your family all the yeah. time yeah and also
0: when they ask you like is there anything we can do yeah
2: I'm going to give my power of attorney to you. You got double, twice removed power of attorney. <laughs> Second cousin, Martha.
0: Right, right. Like, what What do you actually ask people to help you?
1: So what if you give it to a stranger? What if you just, like, open the phone book and you're like, this, this person will be my power of attorney. I will not burden my family. Yeah,
2: and then you end up on the six o'clock news and have to deal with that whole I guess. thing.
1: So is that a consequence of us just, like, living longer? Is that people are more likely to lose their dignity and, like, burden their children with, like, memories of them as, like, decrepit and not able to take care of themselves.
2: I don't know. Uh, maybe it seemed pretty bad on the Oregon Trail, too. But that was just a video <laughs> yeah. game.
0: I've, it's always is the, the idea of like, just because you can doesn't mean you should, you know, like just because we have all of the technology and the science to keep somebody alive for so If it's not a good quality of life, then like, why? Yeah, like we need,
1: need to be better at like keeping people viable. We're good at keeping them alive, but like pretty bad at keeping them
2: viable.
0: Well, that's why unlike Grey's Anatomy, they have like the whole "do not resuscitate" thing, like before you they, get. They into- have
2: that you you know in That life. exists outside of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, right? like no,
0: Billy. They did Grey's not Anatomy invent the, the DNR. That's where no. it is. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I don't make the rules. Grey's does.
2: All right, let's get back to the bottom five, guys. Come on, we've got a schedule here. Number two, the entire funeral industry. Once again, <laughs> it's all about the money. If you think the wedding industry is bad, think about profiteering on somebody's yeah. death. Like Ooh. somebody who just couldn't make it as like a makeup person for Hollywood decides to go paint bodies up before they put them on display for everybody. And they always use too much rouge. Yeah. Why am I paying that person?
1: Yeah, Yeah, you're like, my great Aunt Betty wasn't a whore in
2: Paris. She had, like, the blush.
1: Tone down the cheek
2: blush. Caskets are the weirdest fucking thing of all. It's like, I'm going to pay $2,500 for a box that's going to get eaten by worms and other, like, microbes. That it's just like, oh, yeah, I bought this new couch, and then I buried it six feet. Why? (laughs) Why are we doing it? Just get a pine box. Or, you know what? Don't even get a box. Just feed the worms, man. Just drop a body in. Bury it. Or be a tree. You don't need a goddamn box. They could plant you, be a tree. I mean, it's like, cremation's like one-third the cost of a regular funeral. That's insane. And you're just burning someone. I can build a fire.
1: What if the cheaper option was too short for your body? Would you be okay with your family having your legs cut off? So they could fit you in the box. I
2: want the Breaking Bad. Just put me in like a plastic tub and put some sort of acid that doesn't melt the plastic. And then I just become one with the acid. What do we do with the acid? You use it to dissolve other people. <laughs> you just keep dissolving people in the acid. It's like that, pl- that stage in Mortal Kombat 2.
1: Yeah, I was thinking of Hellraiser.
2: Everybody who died in Mortal Kombat 2, even if you don't do the fatality where you uppercut them into the acid, they all just get rolled into <laughs> the acid. Yeah, yeah. The all right. And finally, number one <laughs> the greatest human burden of all, the meaning of life. The entirety of your life is figuring out what the point of it all was before you die. So therefore, all of a sudden, you've built in this whole thought process about like, okay, my life's going to be over soon. I have to constantly like weigh who I am as a person and why I'm here and what I can do to make the world better. It just becomes this uh, cognitive trap that lasts your entire life and just escalates in terms of importance every day (laughs) older that you get. (laughs)
0: True.
2: so we're just constantly burdened with this thought of like why do we even have thoughts we can't enjoy thoughts instead (laughs) our thoughts about why we have thoughts which is so stupidly (laughs) meta and such a waste of time it's a perfect use of time
1: to understand that the only reason you have thoughts or the only purpose to having thoughts is the fact that you
2: have thoughts there is no purpose it just it just is just so exhausting it just is i'm tired Oh, and then we have to have all of these disagreements about what life is meant for, and what values yeah. are important, and what values aren't. And then everybody's one-upping themselves about where they donated money or how charitable they were because they're all thumping their, whatever. I, uh, I understand what the value of life is. Let me tell you, son. Go fuck yourself. Just read my book. It'll all make sense. Oh God, my great uncle died and left me a book. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> a New Light Shines by oh Tad Corbett. Oh, my God.
0: It's an actual book? He got it published and everything? Yeah, and
2: there's a butterfly on it.
0: Oh, shit. That's a great idea.
2: There's a poem here called No Pain, Please. I don't want to read a poem called No Pain, Please.
0: <laughs> That's I've never seen somebody leave a book for the family after I they die. I just remembered I had
2: it until this. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> Anyways, The Meaning of Life is such a waste of my time, and now i got to read this goddamn book. Thanks, Uncle Tad.
1: All right, that was, that was quite a fun episode. Actually, I enjoyed it, and I feel like we talked about it with the necessary energy and excitement that you need to talk about death. It shouldn't be a super morose, super depressing topic. Uh, what did you learn today, Keisha?
0: That you and I... Um... Do not agree on the afterlife, and I probably will haunt you, Brandon. I've decided you ain't gonna haunt, chick girl. You ain't gonna exist. Mark my words,
1: <laughs> Billy. What'd you learn?
0: I learned that you're
2: not an organ donor. <laughs> Look, I,
1: I <laughs> seems really that's shitty. That's the real tragedy know, of today's recording. I know recording. it's not my best quality. I try to make up for it by helping people in other ways.
2: It's an irrational fear. I Bridget, get. It. Though, maybe they're sparing. You're sparing them your body parts. You're like. Broken I'm down afraid,
1: here. like Liam Neeson is gonna Did come you?
2: for my body. Organ. Do
1: you feel
0: bad when they ask you, Are you an organ donor? and everyone around you says yes, and you have to be like, No, because no, I explain it,
1: and then by the end of it, I'm sure they just think I'm a crazy person. No, I'm actually planning on being mummified.
2: It's a uh, part of my religion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's really important for my, my organs to be in individual jars so that I can cross. Uh, uh, there's a
2: place waiting for me in in Giza. And then,
1: uh, you know, when I'm buried, <laughs> I want my pad, my podcast host buried alive with me so they'll accompany me to the afterlife. How annoyed would you guys be if you were kidnapped and you'd be like, Brandon died. No. And in his will, he paid us to kidnap you and to bury you with him.
0: He wants to be recording this podcast in the in afterlife. The afterlife. <laughs> Damn it.
1: All right. Uh, oh. My name is Brandon. Thank you so much. Oh, and guys, give us money.
2: Come on. Oh, yeah. yeah just Please. Please. coins here and there.
1: Bitcoin. Just a little something, something. Top shot.
0: Chonks. Give me a top shot. Ch- the green beans are getting expensive. Yeah. The the price of green beans are going up, so anything helps.
2: Oh, boy. Green beans. <laughs> Piero green <All> right. beans. <laughs> See you guys. All right. Bye. Bye.